Raise your hand if there's an area in your home you feel is cluttered. I see you. You are not alone. On this episode of the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide, certified professional organizer Star Hansen is here. And she says clutter sometimes is actually helpful. I'm going to say that again. She says clutter sometimes is actually helpful. Don't miss her incredible, mind-blowing insight. And you have to hear why she says she doesn't even make her own bed. It's true. You will not hear anything like this from another professional organizer. Stay with us. This is the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Jackie McDougall. Star Hansen is a certified professional organizer and clutter whisperer on a mission to help you banish your personal clutter monster, take control of your stuff, and create a life you're truly proud of. But here's the thing. Star looks at the deeper meaning of your stuff to help you figure out why you feel overwhelmed by your clutter in the first place. I recently heard her TED Talk, and I knew right away I needed to have her on the podcast. Then I read her best-selling book, Why the F Am I Still Not Organized? Honestly, I've never heard anything like it. If you have clutter in your home or your car, or even with your food or on your calendar, keep listening. Star has helped thousands of people get and stay organized. I mean, she was on Oprah, my goodness. And she is about to help us all today. By the way, you could probably tell by the title of her book, but there's some salty language in here. So grab the earbuds if you're at work or around kids. All right, let's dive in. Why the fuck am I still not organized? Why the fuck that title? (laughs) Why the fuck? Yes, because that's what people always say. I wanted a title that did not make people feel like it was a significant organizing manual. Like, Mm. no, we have too many of those. I want you to laugh. I want you to not feel ashamed to pick it up and buy it for yourself or for a friend. I want you to share it in a lighthearted manner. It's also the number one thing people are feeling when it comes to their clutter. Look, if boxes and bins and labels were the solution, like we'd all already be organized. The organizing industry is a $1 billion industry and growing like 3% a year. Yeah. So bins are not our problem. Solution, like folding techniques. I mean, go on YouTube, go on Pinterest. You, we have never been so flooded with Mm. systems and solutions before, if knowledge was the problem, we would already be there. So I am interested in why the fuck you're not organized after doing everything right, after being successful in other areas of your world. Why is this not coming together and then normalizing it for you and helping you through to the other side? Yeah, that is awesome. And when you were just talking about the bins, I was thinking about like, expecting a bin is going to make you more organized is like expecting your new workout clothes are going to make you fit. But people do, but that's what they, so like, oh, if, guilty. Oh guilty. yeah. Like my yoga mat sits out more days than I use it. And I have yeah. weights in my living room because it's, and you know, it's because it kind of works every yeah. day. I see those weights. I think that's a great idea. I just have to, for me, and this is for me only, I have to be okay with 10 repetitions being all I do and having that be enough oh. because 10 is better than in my mind, which is I have to do an entire routine for 90 days and have a full body P90X transformation with shredded abs, which I've never had, and a perfectly chiseled body, which I've never had. And, you know, so it's like, so it just kind of gently reminds us, hey, Mm. don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you want to be. And that's one of the beautiful things about clutter is in many ways it helps keep us on track or we perceive that it helps Mm. keep us on track in that way by surrounding ourselves with things that we value. 
Interesting. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the fun house. It's, so it really is like, so my view of clutter is not that it's bad. I mean, yes, we have tons of scientific evidence that it causes spikes in cortisol and it creates stress. And my experience is that it is also there to help empower you. So our external clutter is an expression, an extension of our own inner world. And mm. Yes, there can be stressful things about it, but often it's doing something to try to help us. It's trying to help us step into the next level. Like if you think of like, if you're a glass of water and you start to overflow, right? It's like you're moving outside of your original constraints into a new world. And that's a lot of times what clutter is doing. It's basically like we are leaving the old paradigm and expanding into the world. And what our job is, is to figure out what that changes that's being invited. So when you have clutter, either your systems need to be elevated or the clutter's doing something for you. It's trying to help you. And if we can establish what that is, you can get that need met without the clutter. I'll give a few examples because there's many ways we use clutter to remind us of things. We use clutter to connect with loved ones. Like if you think about objects you keep around you from people that are no longer here, we use clutter to protect us. I tell a story about a client who had these random, seemingly random mounds of clutter all over her house. It was like a, like a clutter mole lived in mm -hmm. her house and was just creating these like little piles. And there was a pile of clutter in front of anything that she wanted to hide from her children. That's not oh. random. What that was showing was she needed privacy. She needed something for herself and she needed secure spaces to hide things that she wanted to keep for herself. And as you know, as a mother, you literally shared your body with the human. They don't know. I mean, they don't know boundaries many times. I mean, I still hand my mom things to put in her purse. I'm in my forties. Like, this is, Hey mom, can you hold this? Like, I just assume she's like an extension yeah. of me. Uh, the pack mule, as I would call myself, oh, like, big you, time. To, you know, and I always tell them like, if you can't fit in a backpack, it's not coming. Totally. It's so funny. <laughs> my mom hands my stuff to my dad. I hand things to my mom. Like we are all just this, like, on an adventure together. But you know, it really is. If we can start to see the deeper root of what clutter is doing for us, hmm. it really helps. And I mean, some of these are lovely, like the reminders are lovely, but some of yeah. them are quite painful. Like if you grew up in a household with a lot of scarcity or lack, paring down can feel like having to sever an arm off or giving mm. away your sustainability, especially after the pandemic. I mean, so many people yeah. just had their income ripped out from under them. And we've experienced this kind of like whiplash of scarcity and fear as we're like yeah. walking this path. And we want to be really gentle and look at how clutter might be helping in order to really set ourselves free from it. That's fascinating because I don't think I've ever heard an expert talk about how your clutter could be helping you or how you perceive that that clutter is helping you, which is fascinating. But the part of your TED talk that I was like, stand up, cheer, at least in my brain, you know, like, yes, star, yes, was when you started talking about clutter, it's not just always the stuff, like clutter in our food and in our world, clutter in our brains, clutter in our calendars. Oh my God. The people who I know who are like, look at me, I have such value because I'm busy. And by the way, also guilty. Like everything I mentioned today, you should assume I am guilty of in one way, shape or form. Because Same. I have noticed that when I declutter a part of my life, it usually is just moved over to another part of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so sage of you. Well, think about it. You only have 
a hundred percent, right? You have a hundred percent and you can only give a hundred percent of yourself to whatever you can. Some days that's rest. Some days that's working. Some days that's kids. That's some, I mean, it's like we are splintered and we have to choose where to give it. And it's very normal to shuffle items and focus from one area to another. It's funny. It's the whole reason why I started my organizing community online because Mm -hmm. I was like, people don't need support once. They don't need like a one-off class that they buy and they'll be magically solved because that's not how it works. But we organize a different room every single month. So in the course of a year, you've touched every room. And I don't expect your room to be or your house to be perfectly organized at the end Mm -hmm. of the year. What I expect is for you to make contact with each area Mm. of your home because every area of your home connects to an area of your life. And the more in touch with those areas you are, the healthier and happier and more vibrant you are because many of us, we just let certain parts of ourselves go dormant and that dormancy creates like an emotional sickness in us. And hmm. even if you only give it a little bit of attention, just a little like, hey, I see you, I haven't forgotten about you, that can be enough to just like, I don't know, satisfy that nurturing that we need that oftentimes yeah. we, especially as women, abandon ourselves because we have life, career, kids, responsibilities. And it's really important to stay in touch with all the parts of ourselves because they're each valid and super important. Yeah, absolutely. I have found, you talk about the junk drawer in your TED Talk and also in the book, I went and dumped out the junk drawer. And it was just like, I'm just going to do the junk drawer. I'm not going to, I historically am the person who will go, I am going to tackle this closet and I'm going to empty out the entire closet. And then my ADHD brain is like, Hey, look. And so then Squirrel. my, there's, yeah, there's stuff all over the floor for like the next four days and my husband's stressed and my kids are like, what is happening? You know? And so I have begun to do that whole like small pieces, right? So yes. we have a buy nothing group. I think most people have a buy nothing group in your area. It's on Facebook or I think they have an app now, but I'm not sure how active that is, but I just take stuff that like, I'm not doing a garage sale. I'm not going to get $5 for something I paid $400 for. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm going to give something to someone. And that feeling, that feeling is so much better than keeping the the thing dusty in the garage. But I'll just go, you know what? Today I'm going to give away three things and I'll go in the garage and I'll grab three things and I'll put them out in the driveway and then I'll just pick people, you know? Yes. And so that's kind of amazing. So those small pieces. But can we talk a little bit about energy of this stuff. One of the things that I do, like when I'm feeling stagnant, Mm -hmm. I think like in another life, I was a clutter expert or something, but I don't follow through always. But when I'm feeling stagnant, I try to change the energy in a room. Yes. So even today, I wanted to get ready for our interview and I took everything off my desk and I wiped down the desk and I wiped down the computer and I and I feel really, really good. And I just, I can see you and I can actually see the the screen because it doesn't have fingerprints all over it. But what happens when we just let things sit in a room and build clutter? And like, does that change the energy? Like, I know I'm a little woo-woo here, but I'm totally woo. I mean, my name is Star. So for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's okay. I didn't name Excellent. myself, by the way, in case you're wondering. I okay. it was given to me, but I live up to it. Every day. So you were born from a woo-woo person as well. Not at all. I was born from cowboys. Oh, like, interesting. You get the you get what you need in this life. I mean, it's yeah. It's my siblings have totally normal names. They were like, we're gonna get fancy with this one. Why oh, not? That's wild. Yeah, well, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so I do believe that objects have energy. It's spaces have energy. We have energy, and so you are always engaging with the items around you. Mm. And yes 
For some of us, physical objects can feel overwhelming in certain collections and styles. For other people, collections and certain styles feel uplifting and creative Hmm. and exciting. I've worked with clients who are maximalists who did not want to get rid of anything. We donated nothing, but we reorganized what was there, made it more accessible. And there's no right or wrong. It's just what you prefer and how you want to keep your spaces. But I always like to talk about the act of organizing. It is to me, it's a healing art, but Mm. it's also a curation of your life. Like we are, I have, I've yet to find a better way of putting this. So I know this isn't quite right. I'll figure it out one day and then write a book about it. But we are brainwashed by the objects around us. Like we are brainwashing ourselves by what we surround ourselves with. So if I put things around me and brainwash again is the wrong word, but I am grasping for what I want. Yeah, it works. Totally. It's like it is subconsciously affecting our experience is what I really mean. Right. It's like we are subconsciously affected by what we surround ourselves with because we might see it at first, right? You hang that piece of art. I just bought a piece of art for my bedroom. And when I saw it, I had to have it. And I instantly bought it, brought it home, hung it up that hour. Love it. I don't even see it anymore. Right. So it just, everything we have falls to the background because our Mm. brain is focusing on what's new. Our subconscious is still taking in all that information. So we are still affected by it. So even though I don't consciously see that piece of art anymore, it is always affecting me. And so you want to really be mindful and curate your home in a way that allows you to experience the energy that you want, Mm. experience the topics, the just general flow of your life. And I love the idea. So I'm very intuitive. And I, so I always tell people the first thing when you're getting organized, you do have to know how to organize because most of us were never taught. Yeah. And so it's the first thing I teach people. And if your listeners want to know how, you know, they can download a free PDF for me at organizingiseasy.com. And I have 10 steps for getting organized. And these are the only 10 steps you'll ever need. This is how you organize. Fantastic. Putting that in the show notes for sure. Yes. Like, and, and I need you to know how to organize. And it's like chapter four in the book, because if I want you to do the deeper work of what's really happening inside of your clutter, you have to know that you have the skills to do the organizing or Mm. else you're always going to use that as a crutch to be like, Oh, but if I only knew, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I was never taught. It's like, well, let's just remove that as an obstacle there. Right. 10 steps. You know how to do it. Yeah. Done and handled. Now let's have a conversation. You had me at battery tester. I was like, that would be life changing. A battery tester that like all those batteries that we all have everywhere. She just just throw back in the junk drawer because you're like, I don't know if it's good or not. Like it's growing fur. It's until you actually in. need it and it's not it's, good. Yeah, totally. But it is like, there's like certain pragmatic things that we want to have set up so mm. that we can do this deeper work. And I am a big believer that clutter is not good or bad. I don't, I think clutter is more good than bad. You know, mm. I think of clutter kind of like a weed. We see a dandelion growing in the wrong place and we're like, ugh, so not what I like. Why is this weed here? And yet I will go down and spend, you know, a good chunk of change for dandelion root tea every week because it's so good for your liver. So this weed in one context is highly beneficial in another Mm, and clutter is the same way. It's how we look at it, how we use it. And my mission is to help people use their clutter to transform, see their genius grow, evolve and get Mm. their needs met. Because once you're really getting the underlying need met, you're not going to need the clutter anymore. That's so good. So let's talk about the shame though. Yeah. That is such a big word that keeps coming up for me in interviews, in my own life. Like how much shame 
women especially we've we've been like programmed talk about brainwashing yes. <laughs> you know yes but there's so much shame around clutter yeah so much like regardless of where it's coming from and so number 1 why and number 2 how do we process that i don't think anyone's ever asked me the why of clutter or the shame before it's so i love this like line of exploration thanks so I think that because clutter is so personal, because no one person collects clutter in the same way that another person does. I've never seen identical clutter. I've seen similar themes and patterns, mm. but everybody's story is very different. And so if I walk into your house and I see your clutter and I say this in the TED Talk, I can know the state of your life by what I see in your home, whether you're organized or disorganized. Yeah. And it's not because I have some 3D or psychic... I mean, I am a little psychic, but that's not why, right? Like maybe, but mostly it's because I see patterns and my brain takes in a lot of information. I've looked at a lot of houses and I help teach people how to do this too. And it's really about like starting to see the patterns. And I, so one is it might be shame because we perceive other people's judgments because mm. we do have a very big judgment on, there's a huge stigma around clutter in our society that if you have clutter, you're lazy or incompetent or not intelligent. And yet Albert Einstein had clutter and mm. his famous quote was, you know, if a, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind of what then is an empty desk a sign. And, you know, it's like, yeah. it's true. Like I'd rather have a full abundant mind than just crickets going on in mm. there. And so really like allowing, so one is definitely the other people's perception of us, but then two is it's very vulnerable because that's our real life. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen all kinds of things. I know about what you like sexually by what I see mm. in your clutter. I know what you value in your clutter. I know how well you're doing financially in your clutter. I know who wears the pants in your family by your clutter. It's fascinating. Yeah. Like most people do not want to share that information yeah. with a stranger. Like, no, thank you. I don't need you in that part of my life. And so I think that's why now let's talk about what we can do about it because that's where we really want to live. I love Brene Brown, her book, Atlas of the Heart. I loved that mm. book so much. She goes in there to define like 80 plus words in a very deep way. And I, I find the definition so powerful, so much so that I actually created a spinoff class within the community for that because I was like, oh, we need oh, to wow. talk about the emotions in our clutter every single month. So we do like tonight we're doing an intuition one. It's like, it's just, it's my favorite class. It's amazing. Wow. But she says that the antidote to shame is connection. Mm -hmm. And the antidote to shame is connection. We spend all of our time hiding the things that we think are shameful that perpetuates and grows the shame and grows whatever it is that we're trying to hide. Whereas if we say to someone, I am experiencing this, or can I show you this? Or can I talk to you about that? That actually is what brings healing, not the hiding, not the waiting until you're mm -hmm. perfect. And that's one of the reasons like I love the membership that we have so much because there are people who come in and they won't even go on camera. They will not go on camera and uh, six months, a year in, they're like, oh my gosh. And then look at this drawer. And then I have this breakthrough and, wow. and yeah, because instead of it being this horrible, offensive thing, they notice that it's like, we're not running for the Hills. You cannot scare me. I've seen it all. There's mm -hmm. nothing that you can show me that is going to freak me out or think nothing. less of you. Nothing. nothing. Well, okay. Like a dead body, <laughs> like you have a dead human and I'm going to 
I'm going to be using all my trauma skills to get out of that situation. Like I'll be like, is there an ax? Am I okay? low bar, man. <laughs> I know. Because I've seen everything else. Like literally I'm like, I've seen it all. And I re- and I've had people confess things to me. It's intense. Like I am like, I'm like a vault of information. <laughs> it's like, right. there's a lot, cause this is so personal, but no, I yeah. mean, unless I think that I or my team are in danger there, I'm not going to have any judgment of you. It's not my job. You know, I can have my buttons pushed, but generally that's not about your clutter. That's if someone treats me poorly. There's sometimes okay. if someone treats me like staff or, you know, I don't know, like if there's a hierarchy in their mind, that doesn't feel mm-hmm. good to me. I'm not a fan of that at any level, but no, you show me any level of clutter. I don't care what it is. And I'm just going to be like, okay, no problem. We got this. I will. Yeah. I'll tell you though. I do scream if I see a spider. I can't <laughs> stop that, but I will scream, but then I'll just keep living my life shortly yeah. after that. So sorry for your eardrums. <laughs> so I, it's wild though, that you say you can come in and like, can you give some of the tips? So first of all, you said, you know what you like sexually. Is it because they have like a trapeze or they have a... <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, sometimes you see hooks, shelf, you see hooks you know? sometimes and you know what they're there for. Um, no, I mean, it's because if you do the night, like, so sometimes, and actually men more than women. So when I work with men, they tend to hide their sex toys. They mm-hmm. tend, and it's interesting because I would think that they'd like be like, whatever, maybe they want me to feel safe. I'm not sure. But most women don't hide that stuff for me that I know of. And so when we organize their nightstand, and I also really try to normalize that conversation because I, yeah. You guys, we procreate. It's the most normal thing other than eating, drinking, and sleeping that we as humans do. So like, why do we have it in the shame box? Like, so I try to just normalize it as much as possible. It's funny because, um, yeah, I, I use examples in the book and I know people are sometimes like, are you really into sex toys? And I'm like, I'm not, but what I want to do is normalize it for you so that yeah. you feel safe talking to me about it. Right. So that's right. My, my big goal. And so, yeah, yeah. so when I work because with people- women aren't supposed to want pleasure star. Oh, God forbid. God forbid we felt good. No, you just make that baby. You make that baby and you squeeze it you make out. Make that baby or you serve that man. Exactly. No <laughs> way, Jose. We're, we're yeah. done with that like yeah. situation. But it yeah, is hard like- pass. Hard pass. Yeah. No, thank you. I know. I, I can't. So to speak. <laughs> Seriously. Literally and figuratively all the things. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's more about like, I'll come into someone's house and they'll have like a giant box of toys that they have mm-hmm. forgotten about. So because we oftentimes stop seeing what's around us, mm-hmm. they won't even know that something's in eyeline because they've stopped okay. seeing it because it's been around so much. Right. Sometimes it's because they feel safe with me and mm-hmm. they know I'm not going to judge them. And so then they'll share it with me. And then we yeah. strategize a great system. Sometimes it's accidental. And then they're like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. And I have to reassure them like, it's cool. I've seen it all and I am sex positive. So go with your pleasure self. Yes. It reminds me of the time in my 20s where I came home from work and um, I I don't know where she found it, but the person who would come to clean the house actually like propped it up on the pillow as if it were like a stuffed animal, you know, my vibrator. It's right there. I was like, I had that with a client who was moving and like the movers found one and like left it, like the whole room was emptied except for this like vibrator. And we were like, that's not embarrassing. (laughs) She was like, I'm so mortified. I was like, you'll never see them again. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But now they know where you're moving to. Exactly. Exactly. Close the blinds. That's funny. So how do you know if a couple is doing well or not so well? Oh, so one of the things, this is an easy, very non-sexual, benign kind of area. So one is nightstands. If you look at the nightstands, are they the same size? Are they uniform? Does one person not have a nightstand? I just walked into my friend's house and she is newly single and wants to be in a relationship. And so, and just for context, the left side of the bed 
tends to be the feminine side and the right side tends to be the masculine side. So this friend of mine has her bed pushed up against the left side of the bed, only one nightstand on the right side of the bed. And I said, baby girl, if you don't want to be single anymore, you need to get rid of that nightstand, push your bed to the middle. I said, right now, the context of your bedroom is that you are the masculine. You are the provider. You are the only one that there's room for. There's no room for you to be in your feminine receiving. There's no space for someone else. You are fully embodying. And, and it's true. That's actually what is, what she's experiencing in her life. But if we are manifesting through our spaces, we need to be a a bit more mindful. I've seen Mm. couples where, you know, some partner, one partner will have this giant nightstand filled with photos and lotion and like beautiful, like wonderful self-care things. And the other partner has this like tiny little like plant stand that hardly has any, like maybe an alarm clock on there, like barely even room for like a glass of water. And I'm like, okay, so she wears the pants. He's just like hanging on by a thread. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's because that's the dynamic of the relationship. And sometimes it's because he messed up somewhere and she's not done forgiving him yet. And he's not done cowering yet. And so I've seen that too, where like if there was cheating, for example, Sometimes people, when they make mistakes like that, they will cower inside of themselves and just try to not take up space. And Mm. the healing really comes when you can start to like embody again, fully. Like one of the biggest themes in my work is take up space. Like if you guys, yes, of course you make a mistake, but then how do you repair? You know, it's not enough to just say, I'm sorry. How do we actively repair if you're going to choose to be in the relationship? So nightstands is a great way to see it. It's also like who takes up the space the most? Like, is there a person who's dominating every room? Like sometimes you see that where someone is like exerting power by leaving stuff everywhere. Um, Mm. Sometimes you see people again, rolling up within themselves and, you know, trying to take up no space or keeping it to a very small area Um, or secrets is another thing. People who need to hide things to feel safe from their partner. That's an interesting theme to explore also. But there are a lot of a lot of really interesting themes between partnerships. Wow, that's fascinating. And I think about my own bedroom. Our nightstands are exactly the same. Awesome. Um, Good job. <laughs> our, our lamps are exactly the same. But I'm on the right side. Do I need to move? Because I and like being near the window. <laughs> I know. I like being near the bathroom. It, I, I like play. So it's funny. I was talking to someone about this recently. Some couples just trade off. Like if you, yeah, I yeah, feel like you we wanna, used to be more flexible. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to be in your feminine, switch sides. Like it was, mm. you know, like I had a partner who was like, I want to switch sides tonight. And I was like, no, <laughs> I like refused yeah. to give up my left side. Cause I was like, mm, I'm feeling my feminine and I refuse to give it up, which was very masculine of me, but oh well, but it is, I think there's, you know, we can kind of play, you want to get your needs met. There's no fixed firm. Like it's why, like, I love there's a lot of things I love about feng shui, but I also mm-hmm. do not like static rules. I don't like mm-hmm. this is this and that yeah. is that. And you're screwing up if you put a mirror in front of your bed or your, you know, it's like, I say, trust your Or flow. you like a mirror in front of your Ex- bed. I'm exactly. <laughs> Who's mad about that? Exactly. Because <laughs> you're curious to see things from a different perspective. Right? I think that's healthy. Yeah. But I want you to trust your inner wisdom because I know that you know best. And yeah. the truth is that oh, sometimes- I love that. Yeah. Like sometimes- what we need is not perfection and perfection and like perfect harmony. Sometimes we need contrast to learn some really big lessons to move through some of the big things that we came here to learn. You're not going to mm. be able to escape the lessons you came here to learn. And so sometimes that mirror that's placed in the quote unquote wrong place is the version of life you need to see in order to heal or to evolve or to grow. And 
trust yourself. There will be a day where you will just suddenly not want that there anymore. And you're going to want to change this. And yeah. If if I can do anything, I most want to help you learn to trust yourself again because organizing often when we have, as you were talking about with your, you know, junk drawer, we have so many attempts where it didn't go the way we wanted to, or we ended up feeling flooded or overwhelmed or incomplete or judged. And organizing really can be a path to healing. It can help us trust ourselves again and learn to tune into ourselves. And I think, especially in this chapter of life, like your audience where they are living, like we are in a really beautiful chapter. Like you are not in the same place you've been for the last few decades. You are getting your freedom back. Yeah. And that means you get to be creative and create the life you want. Right. And I mean, we have so much experience at this point. It was like, we're collecting, collecting, sort of like junk, right? Clutter. Uh, We're collecting all this information, all this knowledge, all this experience. And now we get to like take a bird's eye view and look at it and decide which things still serve us yeah. and, and let who go do I want of to be? some of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and we were, you know, kind of talking before we started recording about, you know, I was sharing that I'm childless and that's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. The people who have children that I know, they are currently in this chapter of life thinking, I don't want to burden my kids. I don't want to make it harder for them. Right. How do I manage my, my own experience? So I don't have to keep up on that much and that I'm not leaving a burden to my my family when I go, right? Because we are aware of that being a part of this chapter. As a childless woman, I am thinking, why does it matter that I'm keeping these items when no one will inherit them? Like I have no Mm. legacy to pass them down to. So at what point do I get rid of my, you know, my memorabilia items, my clothes from the nineties or like whatever it is that I'm holding on to that I perceive has a lot of value. There's a level of grieving for all of us, there's a level of having to reimagine our lives of having to face our mortality. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why we get overwhelmed with clutter, because it's not just which size box does this fit in? Yeah. What, what closet does this go in? It's facing our mortality. It's reconfiguring our lives. It's deciding how we're going to be born again. And right. then also how do we align with the way that our brain works versus the way that the rest of society works? Because I don't know that many people with neurotypical brains, if I'm honest, like maybe it's my career. I don't know, but most of us have some version of neurodivergence or some kind of shift. So it's like, how do we create systems that really work for us? And that's how organizing can become an empowering healing journey versus just putting things in boxes with the lid. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're saying so many things that I'm like, yes, the first one, I just want to go back just a half a second and just reiterate the point because I had a feng shui expert on. She's lovely. She's amazing. She taught me so many things and it's, and it's powerful, right? Yes. And I have found myself over the last three years, maybe since I interviewed her feeling like, Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Cause that's against the rules. And you just freed me. Like you have no idea just by saying like, yeah, sure. Use some of those things if they, you know, if they suit you but you don't have to just follow arbitrary rules if they don't fit into your life. And so I just want to make sure we put a fine point on that because that's powerful shit right there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so my, my journey, I don't have a clutter journey, but I had an eating disorder journey and a Mm -hmm. body image issue. And so uh, my struggle was with orthorexia, which is, if you haven't heard of it, it's not in the DSM five, but it's a version of eating disorders where you 
obsess about being healthy. Mm. So I've done every diet. I've done every single thing. And it is very rare for me to make a choice where I don't have like a gremlin in my head telling me that I shouldn't use the microwave or that this isn't organic or it's not balanced properly with the macros. Like she knows too much. She's an encyclopedia of wealth of information, mm. you know? And so I, there's it's always- fun. She's, she's not fun. I want her to go on vacation and just stay there. She's trying to keep you safe. Thanks. Thanks girl. Now yes, go. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you so much, but it's the same yeah. as the clutter where it's like, oh, I should be doing this perfectly. And I say, let's not do it perfectly at all. Let's just do it like, yeah. and do it small. Like I want to touch back on one thing you said earlier about the junk drawer. You know, one of the first things I do is teach people, you know, I have them download those 10 steps and then I say, practice on something so small that you can finish it in 20 minutes. Like I have a download also that, you know, 10 things people organize in 20 minutes or less. And I want it that small because Mm -hmm. you might be able to get it done in five minutes. Fantastic. Practice a few more times, move on to something bigger and bigger. But some of you are going to do that 20 minute project and it's going to take you two hours. And there is nothing wrong with that. But what we want to do is start, again, learning to trust ourselves, strengthening a muscle. You probably have never been taught this before, and you would never expect yourself to run a marathon with no training. So think of the small practice sessions as conditioning, because most people jump in with me and they say, oh, I want to organize my garage or my room of doom. And it's full, by the way, Star, of paperwork and memorabilia and photographs. And I like want to pull out my own hair and I'm like, don't run. Like (laughs) they want to start with the hardest room. And if I was there with you, it might take us two to seven days with a professional to do that room. Mm. And in your mind, you think you can do it in four hours. And it is okay that you cannot, because I have been doing this for two decades. I know how to do this. I can be half asleep and I can still do this because it's a muscle memory. It's part of my purpose for being on this planet. If you're not there yet, that's okay, but start where you are and get those skills up. And what I notice with people, especially it's been, I launched the membership at the end of 2019 and it's been so cool to watch people for the last four years start to apply. First, they listen, they take in the knowledge, they don't do anything. They feel bad that they're not doing anything, but they still track what's going on. Slowly, they do small things. Then they don't do anything. Then something will happen. Either there will be like a flood in their basement or, you know, someone is coming to town and they have to do, they're like kind of forced into this bigger project. Yeah. They do it. And it is like this cascade of success and flow. And I just tell people like, just keep listening, just keep showing up, do five minute projects because the universe is going to invite you in to a giant cascading successful experience that you cannot stop. And it's okay to wait until that happens. Like you are right on track. You are doing nothing wrong. Learning is as important as doing, if not more Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a great perspective. Thank you very much. Thank Um, you. But you know, you mentioned like, you know, not having children and not having these things to leave to said children. If you had that path, I just couldn't help but think like, who says that my kids or anyone else's kids want that crap? Oh, for sure they don't. I mean, mostly they do not. <laughs> like, to be clear, like, yeah, you like, might get a sentimental kid. music box. Like, nope, they don't care. This generation, like, I, I have seen it with my own sister. So I told you before we started, I'm the 11th of 13 kids. My sister, number 12, is like not a clutter person. And my dad was like, he held on to everything. And you know, she's just like, no, thank you. I went to her house and she has three knives 
in a drawer, you know, no knife block thing. And I was like, well, where are all your knives? She's like, well, how many do you use? And she cooks more than I do. I was like, that's a great point. I don't. And so we got rid of the knife block and the, you know, the old knives. And I, we got three nice ones for Christmas and yes. they sit in a drawer, you know, and yep. it's, it's, it's perfect. Like you don't need 17 knives. Like wh- wh- what are you doing? You it's know? the unconscious, right? We do what our parents did. We carry things yeah. down. Like I have a, so I have lots of memory boxes. One of my memory boxes is devoted to my grandmothers. Like there's, you know, several grandmas yeah. and no one knows what they are besides me. And truthfully, I barely can tell you the difference between what's in there. And so it is, it's, but it's hard because I, I think we perceive that that's how we keep them alive. That's mm. how we keep their memory present. And, you know, the truth is that like this, so this box that I'm thinking of has aprons in it. I'm having like a come to Jesus with myself right now, everyone. So in case you were wondering, um, like, why don't welcome I to the party? I know. Well, I love it. I'm part, I'm part, I'm, I'm, you know, the therapist and the therapy. Um, there it's full of aprons. Why am Mm. I not using those aprons? What am I saving them for? Like, you know, and who knows if my grandmothers even use those aprons, maybe they bought them or they were given them as gifts and they were like good aprons that never left the drawer. And then it's like, (laughs) it doesn't matter if I ever use them. Things are so much more happy if they're used because especially like the way this world is melting down right now, like the floods, the earthquakes. I mean, just sheer chaos. Mother nature is not happy with us and she is trying to self-correct, which makes perfect sense. But there's not a good time to wait until. Wait Mm. to use these things for someday. I always tell people, take the packaging off. Packaging is precious. Like as soon as that thing is out of the packaging, you will use it. Like light those candles. Don't save them for a rainy day. Like someday that you never use use everything now. And if you don't use it, you probably don't need it and pass it on to someone who can use it because we live in this very abundant world and mm-hmm. those things could go and bless someone else's lives. And right. that's way better than them sitting in a plastic box to be thrown out by an estate vendor when I die and someone's clearing out my house. Absolutely. And you know, when you think about like walking into someone's home and you gave them something that they're using, it's just, I would rather see that. I have a friend who has a very, very dear friend who has a piano that was from her childhood. Mm -hmm. And she lives in a condo upstairs. And so that piano is not in her space, but it's been in storage for uh, like a decade. And so- She could have bought another piano, a brand new (laughs) piano with that and had it delivered to her condo for what she paid in storage. Yes, (laughs) totally. So So I think that because these are big conversations, right? It seems like we're talking about an object, but we're talking about her connection to her family, the memory she has made with that over time, the perceived life she thought she was going to have, that she took that, that she perceived it was going to be a part of her life. There's probably 10 different layers that are connected there. And this is where you go to a professional organizer or a therapist or your best friend And you say, can we just unpack my connection to this piano for an hour? Like, can we just explore what's really going on? Because Mm. most of us, we don't give ourselves that time because we don't perceive that it's urgent. That piano is not urgent. That piano is just like sitting there and it's fine. She has the money. She's not processing that that could be, you know, she could have bought an extra house by now. But I mean, sometimes maybe, but or a vacation or a vacation (laughs) or Yeah. yeah, exactly. So someone, I think also we are not used to people really caring about our stories. And Mm. like, you're a beautiful interviewer. Like you really care about people's stories. Like I can feel that in you and I see it in our interaction today is of course. And, but most people don't have that experience. If you look at most people with their clutter, if we were partners and you said, I'm going to go organize the storage unit, 
when you come back, if I was a standard, standard American diet, I'd probably say, well, how much did you get rid of? Did you already pare down? Do we get that money back? I would be all about the deliverable. And all that does is make people want to hold tighter to their clutter, collect Mm. more. It makes them more defensive, more protective. If you really want to delight somebody who has clutter and is working on it, ask them, did you find something today that reminded you of a happy time in your life? Was there anything that you discovered today that you'd like to share with me or show me? What did you, what was the process like for you? Was it, was it hard? Does it make it, do you feel excited to do more? Does it feel overwhelming? Like, tell me more about you and really being interested in the person's process versus the results is one of the best gifts that you can give somebody who is working on their clutter because this didn't happen overnight. It's not going to get solved overnight and they need your love and support every step of the way. That just made me extremely emotional. You are so gifted. You like were I, I you were put on this earth <laughs> for a reason and it's just I mean you call yourself a healer you are a healer I could feel that because so many people are like what is wrong with you why do you hold on to that let it go let it go let it go instead of like honoring hey what are you feeling what do you want to share with me that is that is beautiful thank yeah. you thank you for sharing that thank you um And it leads us into this whole, like, we have talked about why, we have talked about all of some of the perceived negativity. I want to focus our final time together on solutions. Wait, but can we like be best friends for the rest of our lives? I just feel like already. I want to be sitting next to a campfire with you having this conversation and I want it to go on until dawn. That's what I want. Great. Done. 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 Where do you live? I forget. Where do you live? I live in Santa Fe. Oh, okay. Hey, know. you know, it's a, it's a short Southwest flight. I'm just oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just North of LA. Oh, great. Um, what if you walk into a house and someone is ready for the, the healing that you provide, but their partner is not? Oh, that happens How all the time. Deal? I bet it does. <laughs> That's a great question. I will never forget going to a client's house and her partner walking up to me. He was huge. He was like six, four, just this massive, ta- I'm tiny. I'm like five foot, nothing. It's like towering over me. And he says, I'm not afraid of you. Like first words out of his mouth. I was like, well, good. I'm not here to scare you. Like, okay, let's, I'm glad you got that out of the way. But what normally happens is you'll get the one partner that is like ready for this journey and they're all in. And then you've got the second partner who is like, not today, Satan. They're not interested. They don't want like, what are you doing here? Like, no, you know, they'll be resistant. They don't really want to talk to me. They don't tend to make eye contact. They seem like they want to be anywhere else. And I always tell even because sometimes people will hire me because they want their spouse organized, but they're trying to like lure them in. Like he's the one that needs help, but I'm going to, we're going to start in the kitchen. But like eventually I just want him to be exposed to you. But tricking him. (laughs) That is exactly what they're doing. So, but what I notice is, so people, again, people desperately want someone to give a shit about their experience and their Mm. preferences and their needs and their desires. Most of us are just walking around thinking about ourselves because we're humans and that's what we do and that's how we survive. So what I do when I work with people is I will start with the partner who's open. We do things. What I will also do is be very curious and interested in the other partner's experience. Like when we're working on shared rooms, I want them to be a part of the conversation so that they know their opinion matters and that they know that their preferences are required in order to create a system that works for the whole family. So Mm -hmm. I include them in that way. And then I really try to make sure that they know that they matter. Because most times you've got, you know, normally one person who's in quote unquote in charge of the house, right? This is like the old 1950s 
housewife situation where it's like, it's my duty to do this, this, and this. And they become unseen and no one wants to be unseen in their own home. They Mm. want, you know, I think it's really important for people to know that organizing is not about making anyone wrong. It's not about getting rid of things. It's not about even sorting and categorizing. It's about creating an environment that supports every single being in that house. And we can only do that when we unify and work together. Yeah. I love that because I think just understanding that people have a variety of, so just real quick, the, our garage is like, I, I joke is like the wagon wheel coffee table from when Harry met Sally. It's like <laughs> the thing that that's going to be, yeah, it's the thing that's going to be the end of us. Yeah. And we discovered through a lot of work that the garage for me is not about, it's a mess. Yes. It, it historically has been a mess. It's getting better every, every week, but it's about safety and security for me. I once was in the house with our three babies and there was a fire in our laundry room and I had to run through the garage and the fire department had to come through the garage and I was just like mortified and, and felt very unsafe. Another time we had a flood, I was the only one home. I was actually recording a podcast episode and it was in the garage and there were all these boxes. And so the garage for me is this like symbol of safety and security and I want to make sure that I can protect my family or that I'm protected and, and that's my husband's area. So for a long time, it was like, please clean it. And I will. And I did in that typical, you know, stereotypical nagging and not doing. And when we started to talk about what it actually means that when, what happens when I nag him and what happens for him emotionally, it opened my eyes, but also for him to see where I was coming from and that it was really about my safety and security. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't want my wife to feel unsafe. Yeah. You know, and so he was much more interested in cleaning. But if it's just like, that's a mess, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and you know? I think sometimes we're having different conversations in the same conversation. I remember, so Abraham Hicks does these great recordings, and I will never forget one of their examples was um, you've got this, you know, partnership and one partner wants to live near the ocean. One wants to live in the mountains and they're fighting, 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 fighting. And finally, you know, they say to the couple, write out the qualities of the area. Like, why do you want to live near the ocean? Why do you want to live near the, in the mountains? And so once they did that, they were able to see that they wanted the exact same thing. They just saw it going differently. And so I think when we show up and we have a really vulnerable conversation of, Hey, the garage is my escape route. Like I need to know that I'm safe. So you can have whatever chaos you want in there. But what I require is that there be room for me to escape with the children, that if there's an earthquake, there are not going to be things that are falling into my path and stopping me from being able to get out. Other than that, I don't care what you do in there. Have a heyday. But what I need is this. And so coming together and because Mm -hmm. some people are never going to be clutter free. Some people do not want their spaces neat and tidy and organized. Like if your partner is an artist, right? He might get a lot of creativity from having everything out. That's not clutter to him. That is inspiration, active projects. Like I'm not, I don't want anyone to tidy that up, but he can have his inspiration and you can have your safety. There's always a way for both people to get their needs met. Yeah, that's great. And you know, there are instruments all over my living room and I'm totally good with that because to me, that's not clutter. That's art. You know, that's like, that's my husband and my son making things together. And so like that, like have at it. If you walk in and you feel like that's a mess, like that's on you. Well, and I have to (laughs) say too, like I do something really random. I, most days I do not make my bed and it's not because I don't know how to do it. And it's not because I don't like how it looks. It's because mama works hard all day. She's tired. Some days I just want to like, 
I want to feel like my bed is inviting me back in. Mm. And if it's made, what it says is I'm for display, I'm for presentation. But if I leave it open and exposed for me, I feel like if I want to go take a 10 minute nap in the middle of the day, I can. And at the end of the day, that bed is waiting for me to hold me. And I love that. And so one person might say, oh, I have to make my bed or I look like yeah. a you know hot mess. I feel the opposite. When I don't make my bed, it it awakens that softer part of me that is able to nurture my own self. And I require that in my life as a single woman who is working in a career, you know, as an entrepreneur, we are not soft all the time. Like most of the time that I'm working, I'm in a very, you know, much more dominating energy within myself. So I, I look for and curate soft spaces within my life. So sometimes Definitely. it doesn't look like other people think it should look. And that is 1000% okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And so if someone were to listen right now, what is the one takeaway you want someone who's listening, who's feeling maybe a little stressed out by the clutter and like really wants solutions? What would you tell her? You have not done anything wrong. You are not behind. You are right on track. You listening to this right now is exactly where you need to be. The things that are going to move you forward in life the most are not the actions that you take. They are the awarenesses that you have, the inspiration that floods you, and you are right where you need to be. And I'm so proud of you for everything you've done. And I know that you will be where you need to be in the moment that you need to be there. And until then, enjoy every second. Amazing. To connect with Star, follow her on all the social channels, which I will link to, of course. But also, she's got a super generous offer for you. I want to offer your listeners a free copy of the book. Oh, really? Yeah. If they go to starhansen.com forward slash podcast, they can download a free PDF right now and get it. So yes, you can get it on Audible and Amazon and all the regular places, but why not get it for free? Why yeah, not? That's it's fantastic. Visit starhansen.com forward slash podcast for your free copy of her book and a free quiz, The Monster in Your Closet, the real reason you haven't been able to get organized. And if you liked this episode, there are a couple of others I've done that I think you'll really like. Episode 81 with feng shui expert Patricia Lowen. That's grownasswoman.guide forward slash episode 81. And episode 148 with certified life coach and award-winning interior designer, Carrie Leskowitz. That's grownasswoman.guide forward slash episode 148. I'll link to both in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. For more information and a transcript of this episode, visit grownasswoman.guide forward slash episode 186. And let's connect on social at grownasswoman.guide. Until next time, you are a grown-ass woman. Act accordingly. The Grown-Ass Woman's Guide is produced by Grown-Ass Creative, a media and marketing agency powered by grown-ass women over 40. Spring has sprung. And with the change of seasons, sometimes comes an increase in vitality. If you're feeling in the mood for a little more personal time, may I suggest Coconut. Coconut is all about providing clean and natural ingredients when you're enjoying your most intimate moments, with or without a partner. Naturally safe products developed by people who are obsessed with quality. Get 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash Coconut. That's 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash coconut.